Oh, hey, y'all. You've heard me brag for a while now about how I, a person who used to be scared to use my own oven, learned how to cook like a real live adult during lockdown, and now I am as good as that guy on the bear. Now, this is all true. Uh, here's the thing, though. Even though I am now an amazing chef, it takes me a very long time to cook. It is not something that comes naturally to me. And lately, my life has gotten way, way, way more busy, and I do not have the time to devote to cooking like I used to. That is why I am so deeply excited about the pod's new sponsor. They came along exactly when I needed them. I am talking about Factor. Let me tell you a little bit about Factor. Factor's delicious, ready-to-eat meals make eating better every day easy. Wherever tomorrow takes you, be ready with pre-prepared, chef-crafted, and dietitian approved meals delivered right to your door. You will have over 35 different options a week to choose from, including keto, calorie-smart, vegan and veggie, and more. And... There's even more to enjoy with over 55 nutrition-packed add-ons that help make your weekly meal planning even more delicious. Y'all, do you understand how amazing it is to have a microwave meal that that tastes like I spent hours cooking it, but it comes pre-prepared? One of my favorites that Factor sent me was roasted garlic butter salmon with celery root cauliflower mash and Parmesan broccoli, and it just came like that. I didn't have to cook it. Y'all, what are you waiting for? Get started today and have a feel-good week of meals ready to go. Here are some facts. Factor, they make two-minute meals. Fuel up fast with Factor's restaurant-quality meals that are ready to heat and eat whenever you are. They also do snacks, smoothies, and more. Discover a wide variety of easy options for the entire day, like breakfast, midday bites, and more. Sign up and save, y'all. Factor has done the math. They are less expensive than takeout, and every meal is dietitian-approved to be nutritious and delicious, Factor is the perfect solution if you are looking for fast, upscale options done easily. They're also flexible for your schedule. Get as much or as little as you need by choosing 6 to 18 meals per week. Plus, you can pause or reschedule your deliveries anytime. We are talking no prep, no mess meals. Factor meals are 100% ready to heat and eat, so there is no prepping, cooking, or cleanup needed. What more do you need to hear, y'all? Head to factormeals.com slash comingoutpod50 and use code comingoutpod50 to get 50% off. That's code comingoutpod50 at factormeals.com slash comingoutpod50. Get 50% off! Bye! Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. We get this glimpse back in time into 
What were women thinking about? What was important to her, to her women? Introducing Sweet Bitter, a podcast where we investigate the truth and controversy surrounding Sappho, her life, the Isle of Lesbos, and her relevance today. Each episode will deep dive into a part of the mystery of Sappho with insights from academics, translators, performers, and poets. Scholars and writers and religious authorities have been intentionally erasing the lesbian love in Sappho's poems for millennia now, but her work has survived all of that. It's pretty shocking to me that people are still asking, are these really lesbian poems? about the woman who the term lesbian was named after. Was Sappho married? Did she have a child? Did she really have relationships with women? All of this is up for debate. To find out the answers to all of this and more, listen to Sweet Bitter, launching on October 15th, wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, everybody. Hey, y'all. Welcome to Coming Out with Lauren and Nicole. We are a weekly podcast where we have on queer folks from all walks of life. They tell us the tales of how they came out to friends, family, and the world at large. Because who doesn't love a coming out story and a lot of other queer stuff? Mm-hmm. Yay! Um, now, we have a, a, a very short um, announcement that we want to make right up top. We do. Um, so next week, a week from today, uh, will be November 4th. Uh, <laughs> why is that important? Because it's the day after the election. Uh, we release on Wednesdays and we don't want to, we just recently took a Wednesday off. We didn't want to take another Wednesday off. No. Nope. But we're also aware that the only thing anyone will be thinking about are either the results of the election, if we have results, or, oh, fuck, we don't have results from the election yet. <laughs> Because it might be crazy town. So, what we have decided... Nicole, do you want to, as the tech person of the podcast, do you want to (laughs) explain what we're doing? Sure. So, Lauren and I went back and forth about this uh, for the reasons Lauren just said. We were like, I mean, how do you even book a guest and plan what (laughs) could be an appropriate topic for the day after this election? Like, we just have no idea. So, we decided we were going to do our first ever really, like, live, live show. Live, Um, live. Live, live. Um, So, the way this will work is likely on Instagram um, via at comingoutpod. Uh, We will likely do a story where Lauren and I both jump on from our respective homes and uh and we'll just do an instagram live and you guys can join us um anybody who wants to and then afterwards what we will do is she and i will be recording um via our our own microphones uh at the same time and then later that night we will upload the actual instagram live as an episode so just the audio part of it um onto our normal platforms and you will be able to download it there is a chance if if one of you uh who knows more about technology um and young people things than I do um, (laughs) wants to tell me no no Nicole Instagram live is not the best place for this let's do it on Flickr or (laughs) I don't know what the fuck these names are Twitch I don't know like guys I'm just putting out things anyway if there's another platform that you think would be better for this please hit me up and let me know Um, we will obviously update y'all if it ends up being on some other platform besides Instagram Uh, but for now we're planning on Instagram live and then we will put up the audio later if you cannot join us so there you go so keep your eyes on our social media um the the day before or the days leading up we will announce the time that we are going live and the platform on which 
we are going live. Uh, but yeah, we hope that y'all tune in for a our first ever live, live episode uh, next week on the 4th. And then, as Nicole said, we will release the recording of it later. Um, Indeed. So that's our announcement. Uh, now, speaking of, as Nicole just mentioned, uh, young people who know things, uh, we have, uh, this is exciting. This is our, we have our youngest guest ever. Uh, uh, her name is Ruby Farley. She is an actor extraordinaire. We So Ruby and I met doing the same show uh, where I met Gerson. You may remember uh, former guest Gerson. I believe he was episode 74 um, back in the day. Uh, and Ruby was, was in this show. We were in this show together and she, uh, she is 18 years old. That doesn't define her. I, I want to point out <laughs> she is more than just it's her not, age. It's not her only characteristic. <laughs> but it is, it is very exciting, uh, for Nicole and I to have a very. young un on. Cause then we get to ask all of our young un questions. Um, but I, Ruby, go ahead and like say, Hey, and introduce, uh, yourself, talk a little about yourself because i think you're i think you're the dopest oh, <laughs> look how i try to talk oh like goodness. a young person <laughs> i feel i feel honored i feel so i'm so excited to be here everything about this and we've been trying to do this for so long um we literally yeah because you indeed. were you were working at like what was it like a shakespeare festival or something no. right before quarantine i was something in with shakespeare I was, I was, no, I was working with a director who does a lot of Shakespeare. Um, it is. <laughs> but I was doing Sense and Sensibility. I was at the Virginia stage. Oh. I was assistant directing Sense and Sensibility for a while. That's right. Yeah, That's so awesome. you were out of town, and we literally almost had you scheduled for end of March, and then the whole world shut down, and we were like, Damn. Oh, no, oh, no. We're so <laughs> um, close. But we're doing but it now over Zoom. And it's so good to see you through it's my so screen. We had too. the best time uh, working on, on that yes. show that we did. Um, <laughs> so I'm just, I'm so excited uh, that you're here. Um, yeah, so I guess we'll just sort of get right into it. Um, I'm cool with that. <clears throat> Ruby, for the, for the folks at home, uh, how do you identify? Um, I, I identify as female. I'm a woman for sure. Um, I, I don't really, you know, the funny thing about this is that I, I haven't really come out, um, <gasps> yet. And, and, and I, and my thing is, I don't, I don't know how, you know, <laughs> um, I, I have so many, um, like feelings and relationships and, and like different types of love in my heart. And, you know, I haven't been able to find a word for it yet. <laughs> so I'm just, yes. I'm, I'm just going to identify as queer because I think that's, that's the closest yes. word I can find. <laughs> I love, I love that. Um, that's awesome. Oh my I, gosh. So now I have follow-up questions. Oh, please. About that. Yeah. Absolutely. So, because I feel like, like, your generation is are, are are constantly either coining or rather maybe making popular a bunch mm -hmm. of new terms and identifiers, mm, absolutely. Right? right? So, um, and and I also love that mixed in there, as you're saying, is the I don't have one that fits me, and I'm right. just going to go with queer as an umbrella because that's the closest <laughs> thing. Um, yeah. So, can I ask you specifically, you know? 
I because I, I was wondering, I was like, is she going to say pan? Because that feels right. like a very current, yeah. um, <laughs> also catch all um, yeah. uh, identifier. And right. like, so what, so for you, does pan not resonate with you specifically? Um, yes and no. I've used the word pansexual to mm-hmm. describe myself before. Mm-hmm. Um, but the more I think about it, the more I try to kind of like find that word that makes me feel like, yeah, that's me, you know, um, sure. I, I haven't found that because pansexual is, you know, I, I do, I love everybody, you know, all shapes and sizes, you know, I've, I have the capability to feel attracted to any, any of these people, you know, um, yeah. but, but to call myself like pansexual, I just like, I, I don't know. I just like, like, I don't know. <laughs> like That's most of the issue for me, um, is, the relationships that I have had in the past, I, I find that it's not about gender or sexual orientation. It's more just about like, do I feel safe with that person? Do I feel yeah. like I can, I can be open with that person? Do I feel like I could be myself with that person? And, yeah. and there's not, when you know, when you, when you go through life, you don't get a bunch of people that, that do that, that, yeah. that give you that feeling, you know? And I think, you know, for me, you know, I'm just happy going through and meeting people that touch my life and affect me in different ways. And I'm not going to base that off of, you know, race, gender, queerness, or anything other than, mm. other than whether that person is really there to support me and listen to what I have to say, you know? That's yes. so beautiful. It wow. sounds very much like, and I, and as somebody who identifies as bisexual, I can like really mm. relate to this. And I feel like I've seen this a lot with other people, like that it feels like um, maybe the, the, the dissonance there is the fact that um, <laughs> anything with sexual in it as the like mm. identifier mm. feels limiting in a way yeah. um, or yeah. maybe a little bit too clinical an approach to something yeah. that feels a lot more um emotionally based yeah. if that makes sense yeah absolutely yeah. um I mean the thing about like I was raised in a house that was very very open about sex you know hmm. my, my mom was never <laughs> we had a very uncomfortable <laughs> <laughs> I mean I, there's there's faults to both of the situations though, yeah you know? oh, I'm sure I mean, yeah. <laughs> I mean yeah. that's the thing is like when I was I was introduced to like this whole world of people I grew up in the theater you know, both my parents did theater. I grew up with Eva Anderson, you know, and, and she's got this Eva beautiful created creative and mind. The yeah. That, that we're about and, in, yeah. and there's just, there's this crazy, you know, world of people that I got to know at like four years old. You know, I remember mm. my, my first, my first like real, like meeting with someone who was a very outwardly gay was my mom's wig artist that she hired oh, his love his it. name was his name was Mark Crowell. Um, he did wigs for everybody. He did Mae West. He did Cher. <gasps> he did he did <gasps> everybody. He was like huge in the sixties and seventies, and <gasps> he was just the most amazing man I'd ever seen in my entire life. And I remember I would sit on the floor of the basement of this theater that my my parents worked at and I would I would just stare up at him and he would have his spray can of hairspray and he was chain smoking always had a cigarette in his mouth and his um he always had his shirt buttoned down at his belly button so his chest hair was out and he had a gold yes. chain and a, and a and a Clark Gable mustache just like oh, the most magnificent man <laughs> the most magnificent man and he would make these huge tall wigs 
And I like I would just watch him like spray and then like place like one tiny hair in place and then just do that for hours. And like it would be like this haze of hairspray and cigarette smoke. And he would tell me about how in the 70s he was like a huge gay porn producer. Oh, and, <laughs> He was amazing, but but he would talk to me about these things and I would just sit there and I would listen to him and I was like, this is normal, you know, like this is <laughs> this is what kids go through. And then the moment I started going to school, I didn't feel like I had that comfortable place anymore, you know, because mm. people mm. people didn't talk like that, you know, in, in yeah. kindergarten, you know, and I was going <laughs> up to kids and being like and being like, what are you smoking? Like, what's going on today, baby? You know, like. <laughs> like, I was just this, like, little, like, amalgamation of, like, people that I had met sitting on the floor of a theater covered in c- cigarette smoke and hairspray, you know? <laughs> and I, I, like, that was my life. And, and you know, sex was never something that was taboo for me or, or anything that was, sure. like, shocking because I was, like, my life is shocking. Every second of my life is shocking, you know? Like, sex, <laughs> sex is just you know, something that people do, you know, (laughs) it's like, but, um, but I, I had, um, I had a lot of experiences as a kid that most kids wouldn't, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. And, and and that affected a a lot of who I was and, and how I talked about, uh, who I was. Um, and a lot of the time I felt like I, I wasn't being heard, you know, and, and people didn't understand me. People didn't get me. Um, and it's hard, you know, like when you grow up with all these experiences, like, and and you're used to talking to people who are like 40, 50 years older than you, <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> those are your peers, you know, that's what you think your peers are, you know, and then all of a sudden you're put into this program and then you're with a bunch of other kids that are normal, you know, yeah. And, and you're like, oh, you know, like, and I was one of those kids that, like, hung out with my teachers all the time, you know? Oh, sure, and I, yeah. And I was just like, yeah, you know, like, this, these are the people I know how to talk to. That's so true, because when so I first met you, I, like, it did not occur to me that you might be a teenager <laughs> at the 17 at the time. Like, because I don't know you, like, you know, it's L.A., so anytime yeah. you have a teenage role, it's cast with, like, a young-looking 30-year-old. So, like, <laughs> and, and you're just, you are so like similar to Gerson like you you just like are very mature like you just carry yourself like Mm -hmm. a person so when I found out you were 17 I was like the fuck (laughs) yeah (laughs) I had no idea um so yeah I I mean that all tracks yeah that all tracks with what I observe (laughs) yeah and that's the thing is like can you like can you imagine already being looked at as this person who's like you know, who, 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 you know, I feel like I get on a lot of people's nerves, like a lot of people my age, I feel like I get on their nerves. And I think it's just because I have a different way of speaking um, than most kids, you know, my generation was raised with technology and with social media. Um, Almost from like, from like, literally the moment I was born, technology was put out into the world. Um, and, And I think that that's definitely affected how we communicate with each other. Um, and as a kid what, growing up in what with, ways I'm so, I'm so like, I mean, like I, I have ideas about that, but how, how does it feel for you? Like, you don't have to ways? talk to someone's face. 
anymore. Yeah. You yeah, know, yeah. and that's the problem is there's so many things that people want to say and people are people are speaking about so many issues right now. You know, um, yes. and and the thing is, it's hard because when you're not talking face to face with someone, you're you're talking to a blob, you know, of yeah. a bunch of people. And you don't know how your words are going to affect all those people. You can't possibly be thinking at all times about how one thing that comes out of your mouth is going to be taken by millions of other people. You know, nobody yeah. should nobody should live with that m amount of stress on what comes out of their mouth. You know, that's how people start speaking hate you know is when, yeah. you, when you get in your head and you're thinking too much about what it is you say to please everybody then you're not speaking from your heart anymore and and that's yeah. when we lose we lose heart and that's when we lose understanding because it's it's not about a person-to-person -person communication it's about trying to make everybody happy which is impossible Jesus, why are, why are you and Gerson, like, the <laughs> wisest people? Like, I know cults are bad, but I kind of want you guys to start a cult. Because you're just, like, you're just really oh smart. Um, damn. But no, you're right. Like, it's it's so interesting you say that, because last night, I mean, God, this brings in the election, this brings in right. everything. Yeah. I, I had a what ended up being a heated conversation it did not start that way or was not intended mm. that way but ended up mm -hmm. being a heated heated conversation actually with my husband mm. about um a video that he was posting hmm. of him filling out his ballot because he was which also i was like right. is that legal we have to yeah, about that. but i'm right. pretty sure you shouldn't yeah. there's also yeah. like that, that that aside but um he but he was he's um a new citizen so he mm -hmm. this is his first election that he's uh he's voting in and he's so excited and yeah. he's like he's been phone banking and text banking right. and like i mean he's and he's done like graphics for political ads i mean he mm -hmm. is like he on is it, it. Yeah. yeah he is super plugged in and um, and very excited and also terrified like we all are. Um, mm. But so he's filling this out and we had like a little ballot party last night within <laughs> our house. Like of, yeah, yeah it was uh, our roommate, my husband and I all went through like for an hour and a half, talked through ballot measures, like yeah. debated some stuff and um, right. and then like filled them out together um, mm -hmm. to be able to go drop them off. Mm -hmm. But anyway, as Gustav was filling out the last bubble, the Biden-Harris bubble, our roommate was filming him and they were like, what? What music should we put on in the background? And they decided um, "Change is Gonna Come" by Sam Cooke, mm. right? And so, which yeah. is like an absolutely beautiful, yeah. inspiring, great song. Yeah. And but I, it was I had a moment where you know, and Gustav, who is bless his heart, as Swedish as one could be, he is just white as <laughs> I mean, his name is, is, is Gustav. So, yes, yeah, exactly. His name is Gustav. So anyway, so he is. So, but and he's singing along to 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 change is gonna come and and when the video stopped, I was like, "Are you gonna post that?" Yeah. Mm -hmm. And he was like, "Yeah, why not?" And I was like, "I'm just, I'm just gonna say this right. as a human who's on the internet more than you are because he's <laughs> really not engaged in social media." Yeah. yeah. I was and as and as a podcast host who is constantly filtering right. what I'm going to say on the internet to go with the path of least resistance because of the exactly what you're talking about. Right. I was like, I just, I just, I don't know how that's going to be taken. Maybe your black friends are not going to care right. at all that you're singing right. along to this very historically black yeah. culture right. song. Yeah. They may not care, but 
I probably wouldn't post that right. and because I, I just don't know. And he got right. like so upset about it because he's like, right. that's not my intention. That's and like, right. I wasn't sure. And I was yeah. like, I was like, but I, I, and I totally understand. And granted, like yeah. no one's given him shit. Everybody has seemingly been fine. People have been loving it. He did yeah. post it. And he, he was like, it's, we ultimately went back and forth and he was like, I'm going to take the risk. But like, right. he said the same thing. He was like, are you, well, are you going to be posting, you know, uh, Harry Potter quotes ever again? Or are you going to be too afraid to do that now? Because you know who your audience is and like right. all these different things. And different. I was like, right. I was like, the, I was like, here's the thing is that at, at the very least I'm thinking about it. And I was like, it sucks that we have to try to cater to everybody who may right. take anything wrong or who may right. take offense or who may think right. we're endorsing something or not endorsing right. something or whatever, yeah. or whatever we say. Yeah. But it was it was a big conversation to exactly what you're saying, right. which is like when you post, when you interact with people, are we supposed to be filtering everything and if we filter everything to try to be sensitive to the largest group of people? Are we then losing a part of ourselves and are we cutting off genuine conversation? And is that like, where is that line? I don't know. Is the, it was, it was a big, it was a conundrum. It was, where is that line? I think it's hard. I think that, that, that social media is so important and it's done so much yes. um, for, for, especially for like the movements that we're doing right now um, mm -hmm. and, and everything that's going on right now. I think that social media is something that's, bringing a lot of a lot of people together to talk about important things but i think that the problem with it is that it just stops there you know it's mm -hmm. not really bringing people together though you know people are still on their computers and they're still separate yeah. and they're still they're yeah. still talking to such a wide audience you know if if we have you know, we have things that lead us to start learning about things and that's good. You know, we need to be educating ourselves and we need to be learning about things. But when you put something that you feel, something that comes from your heart out into the world, you have to expect other people to not take it the same way that you gave yeah. it. And, yeah. and it's hard and it's really, it's really, really, really hard when, when you feel like you really want to express yourself and say something, but I think that the problem is that people feel like social media is the only place that they can express themselves and say something. And I think that that's, that's a problem is that instead of people finding what their true outlet is and how they represent themselves to the world, they're going on social media and saying that that's how they represent themselves. And, yeah. and it's just, it's a shallow belief of who you are. And it's just a bio and a couple of likes, you know, and, and, mm. and most of it isn't, real you know most of it is someone trying to sell you something and it's the same thing with every social media platform that you go on when yeah. when it began at the beginning there was there it was just a platform for people to share things but now it's yeah. become such a powerful tool that everybody's trying to control it and yeah. and that's how we go downhill and that's how it's going to take care of itself i think um when people can't go out and look each other in the face anymore. Yeah. I, I think also, yeah. um, and I adore Gustav, but as, as I do my friends who I'm about to speak about, but I do think that there is a, I do it too, but I think especially um, with the, with the straight white boys, uh, mm -hmm. yes. <laughs> I think there's a thing that 
defensiveness where and I again right. I do it too but when it's like oh yeah when you get um not even accused but when you get called out for something that you know was not your intention right. I think our instinct is to become very defensive right. but I think what what we're trying to all learn is that like great your intention can be pure your attention is not what is being attacked what what is being called out is something that you probably did not think about within yeah. your pure intention that is still, you know, if not a fact, then something that other people may take from what you're putting out there. Yeah. And I think it just, it behooves us to try to cut down on our right. defensiveness I mean, and, yeah. and listen to, yeah, that's, to what's being said. That's the hardest part is when, Super you, hard. when you try to correct someone and they get defensive you know, that's when you just say, hey, you know, like, this is not personal. I'm just, I'm just that's letting you know. That's what it is. You know, it's yeah. not personal. This is not, yeah. this is not a problem between me and you right now because we're face to face and I'm speaking to you. And I know that there's no harm that's going to come right now, you know, but I'm not trying to harm you either. You know, this is, this is some, being, trying to be helpful. And if you can't handle my helpfulness, I can stop. You know, and that's yeah. all you can offer. That was, and that, it's funny, that was exactly what happened last night. And we're, what was so crazy about it to me was he got so upset so right away. And I was Dude, like, yes. I'm not the one, first of all, I'm telling you, I actually don't know how this is going to land. Right. I'm, I'm honestly, I have no idea. I'm trying to just make you aware so that you can weigh out. I think you were Whether right. you think yeah. that was, yeah. that's, you know, whether you want to take that risk. And I, I don't know. And, you know, I was like, your argument isn't with me. I'm not, and I'm also not, um, I'm not condemning you. I'm not questioning your intentions. I'm not questioning your character. Right. Like, I'm literally just trying to explain. But you're just asking him to think things. twice. Yeah, you're just asking yes, him to think I'm twice. Like, just, but that's the thing is when you ask yeah. someone to think twice, they feel like something was wrong with their first answer. They yes. feel like they're being attacked. And like and, you're saying, it's, it's not, not personal. And, 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 you know, and then also us having to register, like saying, to ourselves like okay so how we approach that person in that situation didn't work that way you know mm -hmm. being able being able to talk openly with that person and be like i don't think that that's okay it didn't work okay so now we know that that person has a hard time with the constructive criticism you know and then we find out how do we talk to that person in a way where it's not biased and it doesn't come like you're attacking that person and it's hard because you don't feel like you should have to do that you know, you should feel like you should just be heard when you're speaking. But unfortunately, you know, we live in a world where everybody is raised differently and has different customs and different sets of what they believe to be true. And all we can do is try to nudge people in the right direction. And if they don't take that guidance, then we just have to stick to our path. Oh, hey, y'all. You've heard me brag for a while now about how I, a person who used to be scared to use my own oven, learned how to cook like a real live adult during lockdown, and now I am as good as that guy on the bear. Now, this is all true. Uh, here's the thing, though. Even though I am now an amazing chef, it takes me a very long time to cook. It is not something that comes naturally to me. And lately my life has gotten way, way, way more busy and I do not have the time to devote to cooking like I used to. That is why I am so deeply excited about the pod's new sponsor. They came along exactly when I needed them. I am talking about Factor. 
Let me tell you a little bit about Factor. Factor's delicious, ready-to-eat meals make eating better every day easy. Wherever tomorrow takes you, be ready with pre-prepared, chef-crafted, and dietitian approved meals delivered right to your door. You will have over 35 different options a week to choose from, including keto, calorie-smart, vegan and veggie, and more. And there's even more to enjoy with over 55 nutrition-packed add-ons that help make your weekly meal planning even more delicious, y'all. Do you understand how amazing it is to have a microwave meal that that tastes like I spent hours cooking it, but it comes pre-prepared? One of my favorites that Factor sent me was roasted garlic butter salmon with celery root cauliflower mash and Parmesan broccoli, and it just came like that. I didn't have to cook it. Y'all! What are you waiting for? Get started today and have a feel-good week of meals ready to go. Here are some facts. Factor, they make two-minute meals. Fuel up fast with Factor's restaurant-quality meals that are ready to heat and eat whenever you are. They also do snacks, smoothies, and more. Discover a wide variety of easy options for the entire day, like breakfast, midday bites, and more. Sign up and save, y'all. Factor has done the math. They are less expensive than takeout, and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. Factor is the perfect solution if you are looking for fast, upscale options done easily. They're also flexible for your schedule. Get as much or as little as you need by choosing 6 to 18 meals per week. Plus, you can pause or reschedule your deliveries anytime. We are talking no prep, no mess meals. Factor meals are 100% ready to heat and eat, so there is no prepping, cooking, or cleanup needed. What more do you need to hear, y'all? Head to factormeals.com slash comingoutpod50 and use code comingoutpod50 to get 50% off! That's code COMINGOUTPOD50 at factormeals.com slash COMINGOUTPOD50. Get 50% off! Bye. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Well, and I think that becomes so much, I mean, because we're talking about, right, like, like in this context, this is a, this is a conversation last night, and I'm sure we've all had, like, in-person conversations where these things have yeah. come up, and it's hard enough in yeah. person. Right. Like, I think about if that was translated online, right. if you can't all just we turn were off doing your phone. was trying yeah. to go back and forth, like, just with statements here and there, like, Oh my God, it would have gone on for way longer. It would have probably yeah. been misinterpreted over and over again. Like it, it's hard enough in person. And then we're trying to do all of this behind you can't. the screen. You can't. With just I, words. Like, I yeah. had in, in exam, and this is a, the last thing I'll say in it, but I had an example of something very similar to this that did happen on Twitter, probably like about a month and a half ago. 
with the podcast account, which I'm like mm. very careful with because it's not just right. my account. But I um, I had read on Twitter um, uh, a I don't know if she was a, a lesbian, but we'll say a, a, a black queer woman had posted something about like we need to talk in the LGBTQ community about, mm-hmm. you know, racism, essentially. I yeah. mean, she was much more eloquent than that, but she was like, mm-hmm. you know, like how how uh, queer people of color, specifically black yeah. queer people, are received in the community. Um, right. And and so me, from the podcast account, I was like, oh my God, we've just done two episodes where we talked about this. So I was like, right. and also I had gone through the replies and there had been like, like a couple it, of, of white people being like, oh my God, like I've never experienced like I I right. don't like so many of my friends are people so I was like oh my right. god this is like what a great opportunity <laughs> yeah. so from the podcast account I was like hey we've actually um recently done a couple of episodes where we talked about this um yeah. and I linked to uh Makeda's episode and Chanel's episode and then I got um a reply not from the original poster uh, but from uh, another black queer woman, uh, and and the reply was it, it was it was pretty angry. She didn't like swear mm, anything, had, but she was, yeah. but she was like, um, oh, and here you are using this as an opportunity to plug your podcast, right. like something something. Right. Read the room, and so my thing. So at this point, I'm like. Oh no no no! I know what my intention was, and I know I wasn't yeah. doing that. So, so I was like, I did the white person thing where I'm like, let me just explain to her what right, I'm doing. So I was yeah. like, exactly. So <laughs> I was like that. Wants, that yeah. I was. So I was like, oh hey, that that wasn't my intention at all. It's just I see I've seen some white people in the thread saying that they don't perceive this as a problem, and I wanted to point to these two episodes. Um, right. And then she wrote back again, and this is what she said that made me be like, oh, I see what I'm doing here. Um, mm-hmm. Again, she said like, she, again, she said like, read the room. But then she said, right. she's like, you're taking up space in a thread that wasn't meant for you. And as soon as she said that, I was like, oh. and I looked at the thread, and I yeah. saw that, yes, it was majority queer people of color sort of um, saying like, hey, this has happened to me too, or like commiserating. Right. And I was like, yeah. oh, mm. this woman is 100% right. Like my, so my intentions were good. I was like, let me show these white people. Let me point them towards this episode. And she's like, don't plug your two white person podcast just because you did a couple of episodes yeah. with black queer. And, sh- and as soon as she said taking up space, I was like, so I just wrote back, I was like, you're right, apologies, and, like, ended it there. But it was that thing where my immediate reaction was to be, like, was to get, not aggressively defensive, but I did, I was like, oh, no, no, that's not what I'm doing. Let me explain to you why you're misunderstanding this. And she was like, I'm not misunderstanding. And as soon as she, like, pointed out, then I was able to recalibrate and be like, ah, yes. Yeah. I see what um, I have done here. And Goodbye. That's the, and that's the problem with being online, too, is that you didn't know what situation you were walking into either. You know, like, it took you, you, you responded, and yeah. then you looked at the chat and realized where you were. You exactly. Know? And, it's, and it's hard yeah. because because there's a lot of angry people out there, too. And I've I've, like, you know, I've come across this, too, where I'm like, Oh, you know, like if someone tries to come to me with a conversation and then I'm like, yes, I want to I want to try to help with the conversation. And then they're like, no, you're not you you don't have a voice in this conversation, you know, and I'm like, oh, you know, like you asked me to, to like have this conversation with you. And and the more I've like tried to have conversations, the more I realize like my job as a white woman in today's climate is to sit back and listen. 
Yeah. And, yeah. and, use, or, yeah. and use my privilege and to try to help these people and try to do what I can. But, but as far as I'm concerned, I have no... I have no voice on the subject. It's like, yeah. I, I feel the same way about abortion. I feel like if you don't have a uterus, you don't get to talk about the subject. You just get to listen, you know? And and that's the problem is people don't want to learn because people already have their own preconceived ideas of mm-hmm. how society works or how society is, and they don't want to change that, you know? And, and that's the problem is like, people are going to have to wake up and realize that change is coming whether they want it or not. You know, and and you can either try to fight it or you can get on board and one of them's going to be a lot harder. You know, it's just like it's you're going to you're you're just you're just stopping something that can't be stopped. Mm-hmm. And you're paraphrasing Bob Dylan. I love it. <laughs> well, and I think like like th- that's kind of what I mean on so many levels in terms of the path of least resistance. But I also right. think it, it becomes difficult, right, because in a situation uh, in so many of these situations, right, and in terms of calibrating your own identifiers, right, and where that leaves you in whether you should or should not really have a voice in any given conversation, right? right? right. We've had this. We've had this conversation um, about uh, trans topics as well, yeah. and like yeah. cis women weighing in on yeah. trans topics, Absolutely. and even like we yeah. had with uh, um, Amanda recently, um, who is married to a trans woman and has and also has a trans kid, um, and so the. Amanda has a very unique and I would say very important perspective mm-hmm. as an ally yeah. um, and also as somebody who can who can really help other people who are in relationship to trans people try to process all of that, right? Yeah. And so, but at the same time, Amanda in certain spaces has then been accused of taking up space w- that should be for trans people. And while I don't disagree while while I under I understand both sides of that and I think there is a balance and and similarly and I am constantly asking myself what this balance is is the balance between you know you hear like like you white people should not be taking up space in in right. conversations that are uh should be centered around black voices obviously and the other side of it is also black people shouldn't have to educate white people so you have this like, okay, wait, so, all right. So there are certain conversations where we're not, we, we definitely need to shut up and just listen. And then there are other things where we need to uh, take over to not make black people do the labor yeah. that white people yeah. are, right. are should, be do, should be doing to educate other white people. Yeah. And that like those lines, especially when you're talking about something online, online where you're looking at a thread, a thread that has a lot of different things yeah. and a lot of different people yeah. talking, yeah. they're trying to assess Okay, so what? So if I don't say anything in this, am I actually not taking up the reins yeah, where I should am I be to be to be at? Am I just <laughs> right. being apathetic and right. silent when I should be educating other white people? Or mm-hmm. if I take if I if I take space in this, am I taking space right. in in a, in a way that is not good? And it like I don't think there are. Frankly, this is an incredibly gray thing. I don't yeah. think there are definite there are definite. You know, it's on case this. by case. I mean, yeah, I think I think like personally, I think with I don't think that people should be having, you know, such intense conversations in groups online. You know, yep. I, I agree. <laughs> it's just it's just it's not it's not a great platform for for talking about these kinds of things. Like I I can't 
deal with a conversation. If someone, you know, is angry with me, you know, and they decide to text me why they're angry with me, you know, like that's, that's not a way of communicating, you know? So if you're online and you're talking to someone that you've never met and you, can, mm. you don't even know what they look like, you know, and you're angry, you're going to say things that you wouldn't say to people that you know, or people that you can see, or people that are right in front of you, you know? And, and mm. that's, that's just the hard part is that we don't know who these people are. And, and if you really want to make change happen you talk to the people that are around you you talk to your neighbors you talk to your Mm. family you talk to your friends I had my friend um I had a friend of mine come over the other night and um and she told me that she wasn't gonna vote young people well here's the thing is I I asked her and I and I I didn't I didn't judge her I didn't come at her I didn't say like how dare you not vote the first thing I said was why yeah. You know, like, yeah. why aren't you going to vote? And she she was like, I, you know, I don't hear anything other than conservative stuff at home. And I don't believe in that. But I'm not hearing anything. I, I don't have anywhere to go to learn about mm. politics, about what's happening. And I was like, you need you need help. I have mm. I have websites I can send you to. I said, let's yeah. register you to vote right now. Oh, I said, yeah. I said, God I said, let's you. get on the computer. But that's what you have to do. These are, these are, this is how you incite change. That's one more vote that wasn't going to be counted. That's counted now because I had a conversation with a friend who just didn't know any better. Yeah. No, absolutely. And I think like when it comes to, you know, like kudos to you for being patient and really getting to the bottom of that, because like that is so much of it when we throw shame at people for really anything. Um, But let's just take voting because that's top of everyone's mind right now. When you're just throwing when you're making people feel ashamed that's that's not a great yeah. motivator. No, like yeah. shame is not, shame shame is. Um, I mean, think about it. When you like at home or in your car, or wherever you are right now, listening to this podcast, <laughs> like like just take a second and like think about like like presence. Get present with shame. Shame does not make you feel bigger and more emboldened. It makes you feel no. smaller. It makes you feel like under the weight yeah. of something. It it demotivates. Shame mm-hmm. makes you want to crawl in a hole, not go out and vote. You know, yeah. like and and or it makes you angry at whoever's making you right. feel that way. And so, right. like, shame is just really it, it's such a tool that's used online that is so right. ab- ab- abused online. Yeah. Really. Well, let's okay. So let's sort of segue i mean we kind of started to talk about it i feel like uh in terms of uh your your journey or your in-process journey so like you were always kind of around queer people growing up like being Um, in the theater so yes and i i have to say i always as a child my mom chopped my hair off my whole (laughs) life you know i i didn't have any hair and and for a good portion of my childhood, I looked like a little boy. Yeah. I did, and, and, uh, I did and too, yeah. yeah, and people would people would call me a boy always, like my whole did childhood. Did that like was... bother you? Like yeah, how did it happen? No. Yeah, what was and and that's the weird thing is I I was never really like super bothered by it. You know, I was like, yeah, I get it. You know, like I looked like a boy. <laughs> I never I never felt like I questioned my sexuality as a woman either. You know, like Mm -hmm. when other people would do that, I was more like, oh, you're just ignorant, you know, like, 
little like little girls can have short hair too you know like it was just it was just something that I got used to you know with my life and mm-hmm. and and it wasn't good or bad you know but growing up once I you know once I hit puberty you know I've had a size double d since I was like 11 years <laughs> old um and and people just didn't you know, after I had started going through puberty, people didn't know what to do with me, you know, because Mm. I was like, I had no hair and I looked like a boy, but I had boobs and a butt, you know, and I was just (laughs) like, uh, okay, you know, and and people, you know, people called me dyke, people called me like a fucking faggot. Like I've, I've had people scream horrible things at me just off the street based off how I look. Oh my God. It's yeah, yeah. and this is in LA, right? You've like yeah. always lived, Jesus yeah, my whole Christ. life. Yeah, I, and um, you know, I, the weird thing was I was such a confident kid that I I never let it really affect me when my peers would do it. You know, I I because I was so confident, you know, nobody knew what to do with me. They'd be like, "What are you, a boy <laughs> or a girl?" And I'd be like, "I don't know. What do you want?" You know, and they would just be like, like, they would just be like, what? Like, uh, you know, and then like go off on their merry way, you know, but I, you know, I've, I've been a very lone wolf my whole life, you know, not a lot of people are comfortable with me being comfortable in my own skin. Wow. Uh, God. Isn't isn't that the story of so many people's lives too? And that's, that's just been the hardest part. And you can't, you know, you can't let it get to you, you know, and, and I have let it get to me before in the past, you know, I, um, I was molested at a very young age, um, by a a fellow classmate, um, in my class. Um, and, um, and I found out, um, a couple months afterwards that she had been being molested. She had been molested by her brother and that's where she had picked up the behavior. Um, and, and I never blamed her for what happened between the two of us. I always, I always had an understanding of where she was coming from. Um, cause it was both, it was fear for both of us. You know, it was, it was not malicious. It was fear for both of us. Yeah. Um, and, and that opened up my mind when I was little, that s- sex is so much more than, you know, putting something in, into somebody else, you know, it's, it's, it's a relationship. It's, it's an, it's a consent between two people to allow someone else to be vulnerable with you, you know? And, and I've, I've had that happen to me against my will several times in my life. And, um, and, you know, every time I can't blame that person, I can't. You know, and and I understand that, you know, and it's been hard for me to come to terms with, but I understand that those people were just looking for someone to sh- share their hurt with. Oh, I'm yeah. I'm I'm not someone to hold that against them. And, and my hurt is their hurt now. And I know that those people probably think about it just as much as I do. You know, mm. it's it's all of our burdens to bear. And it's made me so much more of an open person and so much more of an accepting and so much more of a caring person. And I, as, as painful and as horrible as it was, it was something that I don't think I would change in my life. Um, because I, I, I think I would have lost a lot of my empathy, hadn't I? Oh my if God. I had gotten That's, lost in that. You have an ast- 
astounding perspective. Uh, that's incredible. I <laughs> I don't know how you do it. <laughs> that's amazing. <laughs> it, it really it is amazing with trauma. I think, and I you know by no means have <laughs> run the gamut of trauma. I've had the specific traumas that have happened in my life, and then um, being close to people who've had others and absolutely yeah it does to some extent we can't control how we feel and how we react to things and what triggers us right like right. i mean the only way that you can help that is by doing therapy and working through things yeah. out loud absolutely. and in ways that are that are uh constructive for you and that help you heal so you know um but but it is it is amazing. I do think that at some point, in some way, if you have been able to get that kind of help for yourself, you do then have a choice. There is a choice that, that says, I can either take this hurt and shut down and, and have it make me hard and right. distrustful and angry and um, walled off or whatever, yeah. or I can let it open me up. And, and like, uh, yeah, and, and I, <laughs> I'm not trying to I, you sell know, it or anything, but um, no, no, <laughs> yeah. no. And it's not it's it's not that. And, and the thing is, it's not it's not to shame anybody who doesn't feel that they are able to mm -hmm. to Absolutely. open up. Like, I, I'm yeah. I, I'm not at all saying that. I'm just no, saying, I, you know, I mean, that I, the I, choice is available. Uh, is yeah, I think what I'm trying to say. Yeah, um, I went through a deep I've, I've went through deep, deep depressions. Um, it, it took me a, my whole life to be able to get to where I am. And it's just recently that I've gotten to where I am. Um, mm -hmm. I actually, I wasn't even able to talk about it until about a year and a half ago. Oh I didn't tell God. anyone. That's like right when I met you. Oh yeah. my God. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, that's the thing is I... I went through a lot, a lot of shit before I was able to reach anywhere close to, you know, even ground, you know, um, I, I've, I've attempted suicide. I've, I've, I have a lot of people in my life that have attempted suicide. Um, I have a lot of people in my family who are dependent on things. Um, and, and the hurt that I've seen in my life and the hurt that I've seen in my family specifically, it, it just empowers me to know that, you know, I, I come from a strong breed of people. I come from, I come from people who have just been resilient again and again. And, and I've, I've, I've heard those stories growing up my whole life. You know, I would sit down in bed with my mom and she would tell me about growing up with 14 siblings on a farm with no money, oh my God. you know? And, and I was like, oh, that's where I come from. That's my story. That's my people, my ancestry. I can do anything, you know? Hmm. I, can, I, can, I can get through these small hardships because I know that my people are strong. And my people are hurt people. My people are damaged people. But we are resilient. And... Hmm. And that's how I've I've managed to get through my life, and and I I have forgiveness in my heart, and I have love in my heart. Yeah. So it feels like that really informs too, in terms of like the opening up and empathy, and because I feel like when you 
when you allow that, when you allow yourself to go there, you start seeing, honestly, I think you start seeing more people in general, like your, your periphery for humanity just like opens up. Um, I mean, I feel like, like when, like when my sister died, it was like, all of a sudden there was a sea of people who I'd never seen before really yeah. like mm-hmm. that. And yeah. that I, mm-hmm. I suddenly went, Oh my God, now I'm part of, mm-hmm. of this, of this club. And I'm aware yeah. of like a whole other level yeah. of, of life and of experience yeah. and of these people who have always been here and always around me, but now I am, I am seeing differently. And I, I think yeah. that is the biggest gift of, of tra- trauma born empathy, right. Mm-hmm. Is, is really like being able to see more people. And yeah. like, I, it's funny how linked I do actually think that is to like, or potentially could be if it's also, you know, in your, in your nature, right. um, how linked that can be to, uh, to sexuality and to like opening yourself up emotionally or sexually yeah. to a whole lot of other people. Because if you're literally just seeing more people for who they are and what they've gone through, like the yeah. capacity for potentially connecting with people great is like gets deepens, bigger yeah. you know it expands yeah. 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 yeah 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 and i feel like the more comfortable that the world is getting with people talking about being gay and talking about opening up is that it's a spectrum it, it really is it's like this yeah. it's this whole thing and and like i'm like okay there's this queer spectrum you know everybody likes something you know, and, and, and everybody likes something different, you know, and, and that's the joy of getting to know somebody and getting to know a partner is to be like, okay, how do you express yourself with love, you know, and that's like, that's such an exciting yeah. thing. That's such a good mm. thing, you know, like to find out how somebody expresses themselves with love. And I just think that, you know, we've, we've been telling ourselves that, you know, I think in our societies, especially like, Love and marriage are not one and the same thing. <laughs> no. Oh, you know, and, yeah. And, Often and, and if we're gonna, very we're different. Gonna, <laughs> and that's the thing is, is people have this idea of like what they have to do in life is to get married and have kids and, and grow our population and grow their population and, and put themselves out there, you know. And, and I think that's what scares most people about the LGBTQ is that like somehow we're going to fuck that up. Um. But I, I think that we are the solution to the problem. You know, I, I think that, you know, there's there's babies that don't have homes, you know, like where are those babies supposed to go? They're supposed to go to families. If they can't go to the families that that had them go to a family that wants them. You know, like what's like we are the solution. You like these heterosexual people want to ban abortion. And then and then what are you going to do with those babies? You know, you also want to ban yep. gay marriage. So where are they going to go? Yeah, there's nowhere to go. There's nothing to do. And it's it's just about isolating us so that we have to keep producing. And I'm I'm just tired of like producing and I just want to sit down and talk to somebody. <laughs> well, let me ask um, a, a young person question, because uh, what. What's interesting is that so the stuff that you're talking about that you talked about just now, that all sounds like the messaging that I heard a million years ago growing up. So unfortunately, I guess that's still happening. But do you feel with with your generation (laughs) 
is it like so many more? Because the norm has always been for me, like I meet someone I kind of assume by default that they're straight and cis unless I get an indication otherwise. Right. But now I feel like I'm learning if it's someone like under 25, maybe I should just <laughs> assume that they're queer until I find out. Other, like, do, yeah. like with your and I know um, that there is a divide or I think there's still a divide between female identified people yeah. and male because there's still that stigma. But are Am I, am I off base or is like way more, are way more of people, let's say under 25, like identifying think, as queer or non-binary, et cetera, et cetera. I think that there are just as many queer people out there as there was before. I think that it's just starting to become mainstream. Um, yeah. And it's, it's starting okay. to be something that people are feeling comfortable talking about. And like I said, I think that it's it's such a big spectrum. And I think that people are starting to realize what a big spectrum it is. And uh-huh. that saying that you're part of the LGBTQ isn't just gay or lesbian. You know, it's oh, it's yeah, more yeah. of like it's more of like, how do you put yourself out there in this world where, you know, we can't you know, like, like it's online too, you know, it's like, we have to have all of these descriptors yes. for ourselves yes, and we have totally. to, we have to have a word for it. And I think that that's, that's so the problem. Different. Yeah. I think that's the problem is that, the, that people feel like they have to have a word for it, you know, and people get bothered by me and I have a hard time having relationships online because I don't mm. have a word for it. You know, people are like, what are you? You know, and I'm like, I don't know, like queer, you know, and men will take that as lesbian and women will mm. take that as as, you know, straight. And I'm just kind of like, OK, but, you know, I, I don't know. Like, I don't know how to how do how do I open up that conversation with people my age when it's all about descriptors? It's it's just become more of like a label, I think. And, and I'm not I'm not saying that people are just like labeling themselves because I, I truly believe in people expressing themselves. And I think that it's such a wonderful thing that it started to become like a part of our everyday. But I don't think that there are you know, I don't think that kids are being gay for fashion, you know, like just for like a fad, you know, um, if a kid says they're gay, then, you know, you know, my thing was in middle school when people were talking about sexuality, I would, if someone was talking to me and was like, oh, I'm bisexual, you know, and I'd be like, oh, are you having sex? <laughs> you know, and people would be like, what? No. And I'd be like, okay, then are you really sexual at all? You know, like, are you actually sexually mm. active? You know, like, like, what do you know about yourself? Like, you haven't had a sexual encounter with anyone. So as far as you know, you know, like, how do you know what you like and dislike, you know? Um and 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 that, and I, I I like I remember one person getting really upset and really offended that I said that. And um and I was like, well, would you feel comfortable? Would you feel like you'd be comfortable having sex with a man? You know? And she was like, no. And I was like, what about a woman? No. And I was like, well, you just feel like I was like, well, you're 13. You know, I think you just don't want to have sex at all right now. You know? And I was like, and that's fine. You shouldn't be, you know, I was like, it's mostly your hormones telling you that that's what you want. But, you know, when it comes down to it, it's, it's having a relationship with another person. And I think that a lot of 13 year olds aren't quite ready for that yet, you know? And, and I think that that's a lot of the problem is people don't sell relationships as a, as, as something that you're going to have to work for, Mm, you know? So is the, because, you know, it's interesting. Like I, we've talked a lot on the podcast before about how, 
how you don't actually necessarily have to have had a sexual encounter to right. know intrinsically right. what you're attracted yeah, 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 you, yeah, what yeah. you're attracted to right, absolutely. but yeah. but but yeah but um but where i see where i see i think what you're saying is like the pressure i feel like right. probably with your generation absolutely. to label oneself right mm-hmm. yes um, yes before maybe, you may be ready before to. you may be right. ready to before you understand before, yeah. <laughs> before you really get yeah. what all of those things are um or, or bef- before you're actually genuinely feeling that kind of yeah, desire yeah. or or whatever right. that makes total sense to me yeah. i could it's so funny like thinking about that um it's so flipped from like when we grew up, which is just like, well, you're you're assumed to be straight and cis it, uh, until proven otherwise. Like that's just the assumption. Yep. Whereas it feels like the pressure now is, well, what are you? Which right. is a whole yeah. other yeah. a whole other problem yeah. because like because a that's going to be evolving for a long time. One might even say for all of life. It certainly mm-hmm. is for some people. For and some it's people, not you know, yeah. it's not a necessary like, so, label either you know like like if it doesn't apply to you i always tell people i'm like if i'm attracted to you i'll let you know you know Ah, that's the best way to identify it's like it's like tbd like that's my identity yeah (laughs) i'll keep you posted attractive i'll let you know you know but otherwise it's not really any of your business you know like that's the first people that people ever want to know about me is what my sexuality preference is and i'm like okay really yeah, That's especially so as a young person. When I meet when I meet young people, you know, it's That's like what's your name, wild. what's your pronoun, and what's your sexuality? You That's know? so different. That's wild. Yeah, I, I mean, mean, and that is something in, No, sorry, in go ahead. In my group ahead. of people. I mean, that's the thing is I can't speak for like I I hang out with a lot of queer people and I hang out with a lot of older yeah. people. Um so I can't speak as a young person who like you know, is is actually involved in the young person community. You know, um, <laughs> but but I, I mean, that's the thing is, I know there's like a lot of people out there that don't feel the same way that I do, um, mm. and a lot of and there's and you know, the majority of people that are on social media and using all of these platforms, you know, are people that I don't I don't associate with, or people that I wouldn't usually you know have a conversation with in real life. Sure. Um, so it's hard no. for me to. Yeah. <laughs> I do get what that. you're saying though because it's like our our generation. It's like <laughs> and I still feel like I'm conditioned this way. It's all like kind of code to figure out if right. someone would maybe be queer and like you it's have and it cuz it is. <laughs> There's, there's so many. But if many... people are coming right out and asking you, like, I don't feel right. like I would ever in a million years have the courage, or maybe it's not even courage. Maybe it's just, I feel like it would be like kind of an affront to somebody to just be like, hey, like, what, what do you like to have sex with? Like that, I yeah, would, that would just yeah. never <gasps> occur to me. Um, but yeah, because of, I mean, to bring it back to online, because people do, I mean, I think dating apps is a huge part yeah. of it. You're used to classifying yourself. And then I yeah. think also bios, you're used to writing a bio on Twitter, on Instagram, on, on Snapchat, yeah. where you put your pronouns or like whatever. Right. And we never had that. So we had to like coyly figure out right. <laughs> if someone would maybe the, be but that's the thing is, I think whatever. that's I think that's the problem is like a lot of people take your sexual preference as like an invitation almost oh, yeah. you God, know like yeah. I've had a, I've 
I've had a lot of people ask me what my sexual prefer, like what my sexual orientation is, and then be gross about it. You know, like I've had, mm. I've had situations where people be like, well, what is your like sexual preference? You know, and I'd say like pansexual or, you know, I like everybody or whatever, you know, and then immediately be like, oh, so you like girls, you know, and, you know, being like, yeah, you know, like, that's kind of what I said, you know, and then being like, oh, well, have you ever done this with a girl? Have you ever they done that with a girl? Like, okay, and it's gotcha, just kind of like, it's like, it's like gotcha. that's, more of an, that's more of an assault than uh, anything, you know? Like, it's just, I don't, like, I and like I said before, like, I don't like talking about it gen- in, in general, you know? Like, if I'm, if I'm attracted to somebody, I'll let somebody know I'm attracted to them, but, yeah, yeah, yeah. but otherwise, it shouldn't be a part of my daily life, but unfortunately, it is. You know, especially huh. as a blonde woman with double D's, you know, I'm like, I get shit constantly. I get shit constantly. And and the problem is, you know, like, it depends on how I pre- present myself because I get the shit under the stick, whether I have long hair or short hair or I dress like a homeless person or I dress l- like a model, you know, like either way, I get shit, you know, and 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 that's. And I feel like that's the that's what it's like for most people, you know, who are just trying to, like, have a life, you know? <laughs> it's just kind of like, okay, I don't, like, why? Why do people feel like they, they, they need to offer that, you know? Well, like, I think it's, like, a couple things. It's, like, on in some cases, it's for their own titillation because mm-hmm. they're, it, it's something where they are, uh, looking at other people as as sexual objects or targets or um sort of it's like, just yeah uh, predatorial uh, behavior are, is that person mm-hmm. is it yeah it's a it yeah. is predatory behavior in it obviously but then there's also like the flip side where it's not even it's not about uh satisfaction of the person who's asking so much as it is like well uh don't, if you know like don't you want to identify you know so that you're out in the community and the, the community is strengthened and don't you want to like and don't you want to like put that out right. there and also isn't it important to put your pronouns everywhere so that it validates right. everybody else and you're like whoa right. okay yeah you're, so it becomes like it, it could be about specifically the person who's asking you or it could be about this idea that like we need to collectively do these things and define ourselves there's in a order need to, to strengthen the whole yeah. whereas you're like why can't but or or maybe I just exist. Like, is it a problem that I'm just existing as I am, you know? And like yeah. that that for some people doesn't seem like enough. I, yeah. I, I like you know if that's all fear based. And I think need, yeah. need to classify. Yeah. 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 And so in terms of uh so I'm assuming that you never felt like you had to like come out or whatever to like your parents. Like it just uh. you just sort of, Actually, it's it's kind right. of funny. My mom, my mom, um, my brother is trans, right. um, and um, when when I was little, you know, my mom was. I feel like she was kind of like waiting for me to be the gay one. Um, <laughs> Even though I feel like she kind of, like, she put that on me. I was like, you're the one that cuts yeah. my hair like this. Yeah, and, like, exactly. you're the one that, yeah. like, allows me to dress this way. And now you're, yeah. gonna, like, be, like, putting that on me. Um, but when I was little, she used to be, she used to come up to me all the time. Every time we'd go to my grandparents' house, you know, she'd be like, when are you going to come out to your grandparents? Oh, my you God. Know? And I was like, I haven't come out. Like, I, like, what are you talking about? I haven't even come out to you. You know, and she was like, she was like, well, are you, is, are you coming out? Are you gay? You know, and I was like. <laughs> are you doing it right was, now? <laughs> 
I, yeah, and I would just be like, no, I don't, like, no, I don't know what I am. And, you know, like, it's like a weekly thing. Like, every time I get in the car with my mom, she's like, so, um, what do you like? You know, <laughs> to like, this day? What are you into? To this day, yeah. And I, like, <laughs> I <laughs> when I told her I was coming on this show, you know, she was like, so you're going to come out, so what are you going to say? You know, and I was like, oh, my well, God. The, I'm like the same thing that I've told you for years. You know, I'm like, I, I don't have anything to come out about. You know, like, you know me. You know, you know everything there is to know. You're my mom, you know, and I was like, if I have something going on, I'll let you know, you know, but otherwise, <laughs> That's so otherwise, interesting, I, man. Yep. It's just not. And then when my brother came out, you know, that's when I stopped hearing it from my, I stopped hearing it with my grandparents, you know, like every time we go to my grandparents' house, you know, because it used to be me. My mom was like, what are you going to come out as gay? You know, and then my brother was like, I'm a boy. And it shook the whole family, you know, and I was like, well, you got your coming out. So, wow. And then, yeah. And then all of that was just kind of crazy, too. And I watched him go through his coming out, um, which is a lot harder than mine. Um and I was like, yeah, again, it just kind of like assured me that that was not something that that was for me. You know, I was like, no, it's sure. not something it's not something that's going to change me as drastically as it's going to change my brother. You know, sure, I'm like, yeah, we yeah. got to tell everybody that my brother is trans because his whole life is going to change. Mm -hmm, you know, I was mm -hmm. like me talking about my sexual preferences with my grandparents is not going to change <laughs> their lives. You know, I think, you know, like, and, and that's the thing yeah. is I'm just like. I never felt, and I had this big thing, you know, and I had a big coming out and I got to watch that happen. And, and I felt like that was enough, you know, <laughs> it was like, I know I'm accepted by my family members, no matter what, why do I have to come out and present myself as something, you know? I totally, yeah. I mean, that's the thing yeah. that we talk about a lot is like, it, it, it's so individual. Some people yeah. feel very much like they do need slash want yeah. to lead with it. And then some people don't. And both of those things are right. Like it's, yeah. it's, it's only becomes an issue when you're suppressing one or like right. if you don't <laughs> yeah. really want to lead with it, but everyone's pressuring you to like constantly talk about your queerness. And you're like, that doesn't feel true to me. It just feels yeah. like I want to go about my life. Or if you want to be super out and proud, but everyone's telling you like, mm, can you hush don't up do it. Thanksgiving? Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's, it, it comes down so much to the expectations of people around you. Right. It's like, like if your family is just sort of like, yeah, whatever like and we're you know very not just accepting but like you know we are either part of queer culture or we you know are in the theater which is basically right. the same thing <laughs> and trend, and like, yeah. Yeah. you know like where yeah. then it's sort of coming out becomes like is it a coming out it's or is not, it just sort yeah. of a being you know yeah like, like at that point because coming out has so much to do with what you're perceiving the expectations of the people around you are about you right like right. so and to your point with your brother it's like the expectation was probably from everybody that your brother was going to identify as the sex that he was assigned with at birth for the rest of his life. And so his coming out right. was a, a big reversal of their expectation. Complete reversal. That like that that and that is a totally different journey. You know? Absolutely. Yeah. I, yeah. Oh, that's such a good point. And, yeah. And growing up with it um and being on the outside like I have to say like the my brother um he did most of his transition by himself um 
you know, he, he got everything done. He just made everything sure everything was in place and then got my parents to sign, you know? Wow. Um, and, and that was the thing is he would take us to meetings at UCLA and they have a wonderful program for, um, queer and transgender youth. Um, and he would go weekly. And I remember he started asking us to come and, um, and I was like, oh, is there like a group for like siblings, you know? And he was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a siblings group, you know? And I was like, okay, like nobody ever talks about the siblings of trans people. Hmm. And, and that was hmm. the crazy thing is I was the first person that he told. And for a while I was the only person that knew. And, um, until he felt comfortable t talking to my parents about it and then, um, getting help. But, um, but I was the first person that knew. And there was a couple months where I was like, all right, you know, like I can't tell anybody else in my house, but my <laughs> sister's a boy and, you know, like that's going to start happening soon. So, okay. You know, um, but I had a lot of time to think about it. I had a lot of time to come to terms. And I always kind of knew that there was something up with my brother. I was like, hmm, he likes to rough house and <laughs> punch things that I don't, you know? And then when he came out, I was, I was not shocked, you know? Mm -hmm. um, so I think I've been able to handle it in a pretty calm manner, which has helped me a lot with people that I know who have gone through the same thing. And it's hard with siblings because you do get pushed aside, you know? Oh, yeah. Um, it's such a big deal. It's such a big thing to go through. And, and it's really hard. It's really hard for a lot of the siblings because they just feel like their voices have been muted for the time being. Mm. And if they complain, you know, that's, you know, it's hard because when you complain about something like that, you're like, oh my God, I'm complaining about someone feeling comfortable in their own body. Like, what am I complaining about? You know, like really, like there's, no, it, but it's 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 one of those things where you're like, uh, I, I would I would posit like complaining. Is it complaining or is it processing? Because right. there's like a, yeah. a certain amount of processing that's just necessary and pretending like, well, I just it's want true. them to be happy and it, and, it, and it's fine. It's fine because I just want them to be happy and I don't want to be selfish. Right. Like, right. And that's not that's yeah. Not that's processing. what I hear. Yeah, you got to deal. Yeah. You got you got to deal with it. Yeah. And I agree. And the, like in in so yeah. many contexts, siblings get like completely forgotten about in lieu of the parents it's oh how right. are your parents doing you know like it very much so yeah but i also and, understand how yeah. seeing your brother go through that process would make you be like oh my god my stuff is like super yeah. chill like yeah 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 yeah, yeah. 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 exactly i'm fine exactly. yeah but that was yeah that was the thing yeah. and I, I wish that there was more support for kids who felt like that you know because you do you feel sure. like you have no voice you know and that you're not being heard you know and that you don't yeah. w even want to be heard you know you're like oh yeah this is important you know i'm going to step aside mm -hmm. but at the same time you're a child you know like you you you, you need guidance too and and it's hard I yes know, I, I hear you big time um, yeah. but oh my goodness all right we should <sighs> probably wrap up because we've been talking forever but I can <laughs> talk to you for yes, another hour how do you my have goodness. like three times as much life <gasps> experience as I do <laughs> and I'm slightly older um Ruby where can people find you uh, oh my goodness yeah. yeah um I have I actually have a website Oh, um, that you can go to you can see all of my um, modeling pictures and acting stuff I have a reel and stuff it's um, www.rubyfarley.com um, okay. simple and, um, 
and on and, um, Facebook, yeah. I did um, I did a, a Halloween series of um, pictures. Yes. Um, and you can find them on Facebook at Ruby Boo's 31 Days of Halloween Scream Queens. Um, <laughs> yes! it's, it's a is lot it of booze like b-o-o-s or is it booze yes. like b-o-o-z-e okay it's booze B-O-O-S. like boo yeah booze great <laughs> okay awesome and there's lots yeah, of fun you, things on there your dress up is fucking astounding <laughs> i highly recommend I, halloween Thank being you. it is many have called it yes. uh, queer christmas i think yes. it is uh, it <laughs> is 100 nicole is adamant yeah um i think yes. people should definitely check out your yes. amazing amazing halloween outfits Woo! please oh, you're do. inspiring me we're we're Yay. doing a um we decided that this year, because, you know, Halloween's kind of lackluster, yeah. uh, <laughs> I decided that I we're, we're doing a Halloween baby shower at my house. Ooh, so it's just, <laughs> That's so, so exciting. It's literally just my husband, my girlfriend, and our roommate. And we are getting a cake that is going to be somehow both Halloween and baby shower. we're all dressing up as a theme i won't give it away but i will post pictures so oh my gosh i'm very excited i love i it is queer christmas for me too so yes very excited over here (laughs) um but yes oh yeah and to see all of that you can follow me at um at nicole basent on twitter and instagram um i will not personally be dressing up but i might try to do something with piero you can see that beautiful at, at lauren flans on twitter or lauren underscore flounce on instagram uh we are at coming out pod on twitter and instagram um and again a reminder that we will be announcing um exact time for our live stream uh for next week our live episode mm-hmm. that will likely be on our instagram if that changes but who knows will... it might be on Flickr. it might be on Flickr. Uh. <laughs> what is that anyway uh it's not a thing um i believe but... it's a mail order photo service so there it probably it won't it be is. on that it probably won't be on that yeah uh but just just stay stay tuned yeah and um our hashtags our hashtag coming out pod hashtag, hashtag found, found ricky. ricky we also have patrons shout out to jim w adri kim beyondclexa.com simone kaz sarah sarah wilson tanya jolene manda tia Pooh, mandy natalie jack heather funkhauser we bleed philly and former guests kieran smiley vanessa hunt and kirsten vangsnas if you would like to join that list or check out any of our tiers of giving, go to patreon.com slash coming out pod. Uh, we are going to do um, a, a another viewing party soon, which we're announcing um, probably in the next week or so. So uh, stay tuned and you'll only know about that if you join our Patreon. Uh, we want to watch movies with you. It would be great. Uh, you can also go to Apple Podcasts and give us an old five-star rating, a nice little review if you love the podcast and you want other people to Find it. It very much helps. Um, So thank you. We will see y'all live next week. Woo! We're either going to be celebrating or um, mourning or in some sort of state of Of, of purgatory, yeah. Of of panicked purgatory. Panicked uh, purgatory. Can't wait. Can't wait to share that with you. Uh, Ruby, thank you so much for coming on. I adore you. I'm so glad. All right, everybody, take care. Be well. Go vote. Happy early Halloween. Happy early Halloween. Bye. Bye. (laughs) 
Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.